messages. Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have with us Mr. David Roberts, once again, fucking up the count. Um, <laughs> Mr. Robert Whitaker, you've seen middleweight champion. And we have with us Instagram model, jiu-jitsu coach, Alex Prates. Welcome, Alex. Alex is, Alex is uh, the head grappling coach for um, the Gracie programs here in Australia and also uh, Robert Whitaker's head grappling coach. Uh, in a little bit, we will be opening up the forum to uh, questions about Rob and Alex's background and, and grappling. Mm. Thanks for coming, Coach. Thank you, man. Appreciate My pleasure. It. Pleasure to be here. Um, I guess, Alex, you want to tell us a little bit about your story? Um, so I think uh, you started grappling in, in Brazil. Under, were you, were you, did you begin with Brazilian top team? Yeah, well, yeah, with uh, Mario Spare. He has not Brazilian top team, but with Mario and, uh, and uh, Walter Mato, so kind of, you know, like a, a Brazilian top team branch, sort of saying. Was that pre-Brazilian top team? Then? That was pre-Brazilian top team, yeah. There was Carson Grace back there. Uh, Mario used to um, uh, still train with Carson, so it was Carson Grace team. Did you, did you, uh, were you there when Brazilian top team was formed? Yes. Not there, like on the spot, but... I was uh, my student when that all that happened. Yes. So, so how how did it happen? You guys were training with you were training with Mario, and uh, you guys were under Carlson Gracie. No, no. In fact, we have a, a gym called South Jiu Jitsu, Su Jiu Jitsu. You know, in in, in, a, in a in a Portuguese word, but uh, even the logo was the same, like the bulldog of uh, of uh, Carlson Grace team. And you know, like I don't know exactly. It's not something that I. There are not much to comment about how they end up splitting with cars and that, but you know, like that, everybody knows the history. No, well, what happened? <laughs> That's why. <he> did. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have just told. No, as I said, I don't know details about it. You know, I think it was something you know related with uh, uh, percentage or you know things like that. So, but, but but I really happened? don't know details. So no, no, but not the financial details. So what happened? Like they split. They split and they formed the Brazilian top team. That's what happened. Like the, so, so three or, call, or four call guys from uh, from the Carson Grace team end up uh, splitting and starting the Brazilian top okay. team, which is Liborio, uh, uh, Marius Perri, uh, Murilo Bustamante, and um, Bebel, Bebel Duarte. I think uh, I remember when we had when we had um, the, the podcast previously where he, it was mentioned that like, it, it, it was always away. He was always away and the guys were all training together, like Liborio and all those were always training together like uh, by themselves and that was kind of what drove no, that's what the warrior was saying yeah and and so you were you there the warrior was there as well when you were there yeah but in another city liborio and cast was based in rio i was from south so mario went to south to open a gym that's how i ended up training with him okay and so were you ever in the room during the the pride days when no, Maria was no, fighting no, and all no, not days? really like we had we had uh, uh vito bell for coming to train with us for a few days you know like a lot of the our guys used to go to rio and train with the guys like i have in, in i have uh, uh in been in training sessions with uh, the nogueira brothers with uh Tokin, with all those guys but it was, it was pretty far Rio in my city is about what 1600k so but we always have the relationship is this was the same team what was it like coming up under Mario Sperry and, and guys like that? You're close with Murillo as well, aren't you? Yeah, well, I would say more now. I'm closer with Murillo than I was back there. But I guess uh, the MMA side, you know, like Mario always, always 
teach me jiu-jitsu. I don't know if I can say focus in MMA, but he was an MMA guy, you know, back there. So the way he teaches jiu-jitsu was very, like, MMA-orientated. So I think that's that something come, that stayed with me. Does that come from Carson? Does I think that come from Carson, come with what he was doing back there, which was fighting MMA. Like, they start fighting MMA. They had a good MMA team. So it was always, you know, I think a few things I learned from him from the beginning, like, helped me a lot to coach and up being an MMA coach now. You know, I think I actually was talking to you about changing the subject a bit, the, the, the fight in the weekends that I saw that Brazilian, young Brazilian there, and I saw... The middleweight fight? The middleweight fight. Yeah, what, what's his name again? Um, uh, Wellington, and I can't remember the surname. Yeah, Wellington, and I, I, I see that happen a lot in in, in grapplers that, like, especially jiu-jitsu guys that translate to, that, that start fighting MMA, that they over-grapple. You know, and I remember my always telling me that position is striking, position is striking. Don't think about submissions, you know, submissions will come. And that's something that stick with me that I try to pass to the guys I train. And, and of course, there is exceptions like we spoke about as well, Ryan Hall. You know, like there's always exception. The guys can go down and grapple straight away and gonna, you know, but... That goes a freak, but... Yeah. But I think that Wellington, he would maybe, maybe possibly change the, 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 the result of the fight if he was thinking like, you know, my spare way of position is striking instead of, because he put the guy down two, two or three times and went straight to submissions, ended up losing the submission, up on the bottom. And you know, like they all, as you guys know, they're all tough athletic guys in MMA. So I think if you go with that mentality, I'm going to put you down, I'm going to hit you. Like it's, it's pretty simple and a lot of times work open up the way for, for submissions, for, you know, transitions as well. So I think, well, it's much easier to get a submission on a guy who's been hurt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is. Like, I think when when I'm when I was when I was younger, I got a lot of submissions in 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 my um my earlier days, and that was only because I had such a control of it standing, I believe. You know. Yeah, but also it's easier to like find position and strike on the ground and go straight for submission, if that makes sense. Yeah. Especially if another guy is a athletic guy, like a tough guy, which usually is the light that you get when you fight MMA, especially on the top level. Yeah. No guy, nobody's going to tap for a half. And, and, and generally, generally speaking, if you're looking at, at the, the fight like that, like, um, you know, position striking, you're generally on top and top looks like it's winning. Most of the time it is, but top look in the eyes of the judges and the eyes of everybody else. If you're on top, you look like you're winning. You know, yeah. that plays a big factor in a lot of the, a lot of the fights that, that end up on the ground or end up in close decisions. Alex, you were some of your mentors that you have now, as uh, you know, mentors that you have for jiu-jitsu, for combat, that have been around for a long, long time. Uh, who are some of those guys? I think we all like have those guys, you know, like have a, 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 we all learn from, from not just myself, but all of us. We're very lucky we have, uh, to, I ho hope I, I will not forget anyone. We had Sergio Pena coming here, staying with us. We had Mario Sperry, my, 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 my first coach. We had Raleigh Gracie. We had, um, uh, Murilo Bustamante. We had, uh, Ricardo Liborio, you know, so. I, I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. Like they're all big, experienced, big names in jiu-jitsu, very experienced in, on, on, in, in the MMA well. field, in the combat. Yeah. So, 
You know, I remember when, when um, Libori was here and there was Lucas was here. Lucas is a very good black belt, Lucas sucks. And, uh, and um, after the session, he said, man, you know, like, it's completely different, which it is, you know, like Jiu-Jitsu is one thing. When you put Jiu-Jitsu in combat, it's not a completely different thing, but change, you know, like when the, the basics change a little bit. I guess the order of the things change a little bit. Can you explain for someone that doesn't know, what, what's it like, and, and you as well, Rob, what's it like, because people, I don't think people fully get it, what's it like when you have someone like uh, a Sergio Pena or a Ricardo Borio, Boyle Gracie, Mario Sperry, any of those guys, when they're showing something, that what's the difference like between a good black belt and a Ricardo Laborio when you, when they're showing stuff? Um, I guess, I guess like, it's just night and day. It's it's funny because when when you're when you're learning from from these guys that have been teaching for this long and they understand the techniques so well that they could do it pretty much in their sleep, they their method of teaching is generally refined if you know what I mean like they their method of teaching is is such a way that picking it up is much easier yeah, like, they don't just know the technique but they know how to teach it yeah better. they they understand that gap of like teaching and learning and and it just makes picking up makes picking up techniques like 10 times easier but also like I, I notice a huge 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 thing with with all these masters coming in and all these like really high level jujitsu um, coaches is that it's it's little details that they've picked up over the years that make the biggest difference in, in the entire technique in the entire game. You know, it's just little things that aren't a part of, aren't a part of like the original technique, but it's something they've done and they've done for years and tr tested and tried and, and worked out, okay, if I do it like this, it's better. And like, like people who haven't been grappling their entire lives have no right to start fiddling with stuff like that really but um these guys have, have done it they've, they've tried and tested these little changes to make techniques and positions stronger better heavier you know and that's just like that's my opinion and with, with so you're you're a third third dead black belt yeah um what's the difference with something basic like when from your perspective when Sergio say Sergio Pena for instance is showing well, it doesn't have to be any of those guys but is showing something as as simple as side control what's the difference between a Sergio Pena side control and a good black belt side control uh, I guess it's like Rob says that the basics and I, I guess a lot a lot have has to do with takes a lot of experience to understand that some basics are very very important and I, I, I seen a lot of young coaches, and I was one of those who did this mistake a lot, was try to show like, a, overdo it, show a technique that, you know, is sometimes plastic or, or a submission or, or and kind of neglect the basics. And I guess like once, and I, I feel that's a big thing those guys bring as well, it is they, they know exactly what you need to know. And sometimes it's not flash. You know, it's just have a sharp, good basics. Do they feel different when they're on top? Uh, Sergio feels different, but you know, Sergio. Can you explain that? <laughs> Sergio's a freak. Feels like a tongue. Yeah. Can you yeah. explain what, what that's like? Right. The, the Sergio side control look. I like to think, you know, like I have. I'm not a. I'm not a wussy, you know. And I thought about that when Sergio control was in my side control, but 
I made the decision. I'm going to sleep here, but I'm not tapping. But can you? Can <laughs> it's, you un, it's uncomfortable, man. So, so can you explain what's happening there? It's just uh, the, the the way the way he uses his body weight. You know, he's he's a big dude as well, no doubt. But it's just the things, the way he uses. And he explained to us, you know, the the, the small the small details. You know, like push from the fingers and this and that. But mate, like he put like this. I've been making people tap on front side control since I learned the techniques from Sergio. And we all do it like easy, bro. Yeah. They do it. So just 30 years of but also like a huge difference is that like when i'm trying to do it i'm consciously having to, f to focus on and i'm getting tired trying to do it because when you say trying to do it trying to do trying what to do the, the the side control sergio teaches um yeah I'm, I'm consciously trying to do it trying to put myself in the position and i'm getting tired trying to do it when but then you see sergio do so it. so what's the difference like what, what what's the difference between a good person doing the side control and feeling Sergio doing the side control. Uh, it's like it's like riding a push bike and then riding driving a car. <laughs> like the difference is huge, huge. Like, like yeah, it's it's too big to explain it. It's and it's hard to explain to people because it's like they'll be like, oh, side control can't feel that heavy. Side control can't be that bad. I can't tap from side control. And it's like, nah, you can. You just haven't been put in proper side control. <laughs> like, it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just terrible. But yeah, like Sergio, the, the way he does his side control, and, and just the, like he's mastered the technique so well. It's just, it looks like he could sleep there, like in, his, in yeah. side control. He could have dinner sitting in side control. And just and you're dying or you're dead and he's still eating dinner on you. <laughs> um and so what's what's next then for you with you guys, Alex? What's what's been happening during Rob's camp? Oh the the usual, you know, we've been we 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 actually a bit ahead of schedule I would say in in terms of how fit how technically sounding Rob is looking at the moment. So I guess this is a good thing. Really looking forward to pulling guard this next fight. You Excellent. Yep. A guard puller. How, how do you? How, I would not be worried about it, to be honest. <laughs> what um, what are some of the things you see in this fight? Like, what are some of the the challenges you see with Israel? It's it's a very experienced fight, Israel. I think it's it's another challenge. You know, like I don't like to say like we speak a lot. It's like a bigger challenge. Man, at this level, you know, Rob is the champion. They all huge challenges. They're just different challenges, you know, like so Romero was a high challenge and Racaria was a challenge. Israel is definitely has his his um his uh dangers as well. So that, you, that's a very good point, you know. And I try to explain this to, to the people who interview me and, and as well as like fans and friends and stuff like that. They go, is is do you feel like this is your do you feel like this is your biggest challenge to date? I go, oh. like there there's there's no biggest challenge. There's just the next challenge. Different That's, one. Yeah. yeah, the challenge, like the word itself, is just challenge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's like. But what are some of the idiosyncrasies um, that you see with with Israel himself, or what? what uh, how do you see Israel? I see him a very, very crafted. Uh, uh, strike like this that's no news to anyone you know if i feel that he's very calm he, he knows how to dictate the, the the pace of the of the match i guess this is one of the biggest things that i see he doing when he can when he's able to to put the pace that he wants on the fight that's become a good fight to him 
You know, and I think it is, I think not everyone can take this out of his hands, but I do believe Rob has the, 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 the skill set to, to present a challenge for him. You know, he, can, he will not be able to, to dictate the pace of the fight stand like he wants with Rob. So I think that's one of the big things. And then goes all the things, you know, they can... People say Israel can, he can grapple. Come on, man. Israel can grapple. He can. He has a good takedown defense. He has a good. He has a good ground game. That's the way I see him, and that's the way we're preparing for him. You know, to be sharp everywhere. And he is very experienced, isn't he? He's. Uh, I think um, there's a there's a a prevailing attitude that he's like uh, new on the scene and whatnot. But he he debuted a couple of years after Rob. Like in I think yeah. 2012, 2013. And how, how many fights he has? If you count the kickboxing oh, fights, is that probably close fight? to 100 fights yeah, between so the kickboxing and the know. MMA fights. Yeah. I think he's had 18 fights or something in MMA. So yeah. he's definitely very, very experienced. Yeah. He's a year older than Rob, so yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a kid. He's yeah. so yeah. it's, you know, I would, I would, you know, you're not gonna listen from my mouth and say, uh, you know, like Rob's gonna do this or gonna do everything because that was never my frame of mind for any of the fights like i always you know like like romero like how come we're not going to respect romero's rest how come you're not going to respect jacare's ground how come you know like you so what do we do we, we prepare the best way we can like to be good at everywhere but say that uh, i have like all trust in the world in rob you know like i know he's going to turn up he's going to fight and you know he's he, he has that mental aspect that the one you don't see you know because you can see all the skill sets but there's all the mental aspect as well you know like he's, he's no news to anyone he's gonna turn up to fight you expecting it to be a good fight hopefully not hopefully, hopefully <laughs> <a quick> one. <laughs> um all right what what do you think i actually want to ask this what do you think about this the stoppage with um the women's fight on the weekend ufc sacramento the was it the main event? Uh, yes. Main event. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's fun because I the thing the thing with me is like I always always like lean towards favoring the ref the ref's decision because it's it's easy very 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 easy to sit on the outside and be like what was that that was an early stoppage but you weren't in there the call wasn't yours to make the pressure of making the call wasn't yours to make. So shut up. Like it's very easy to, to, to sit on the outside and be like, oh, 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 you know. Now in saying that, from the outside, like it it looks it looked maybe it was a bit early, but then from the inside it could have looked differently. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, she hard. clocked a good the standing. Yeah, it was it was crisp at it. it. Like it was super crisp, super super crisp. And um, you know, that's another thing like. Because we're not in that, like, directly, like, here away from, from the fight, the ref could have seen when that shot landed, the ref could have seen her eyes glaze over. Like, and if you've ever seen someone get knocked out close or get hurt or, or, or stunned, you can see there's a big difference with, oh, he's still in it. He's hurt, but he's still in it, opposed to, oh, she's, she doesn't know where she is for this brief instant. And if I let this go, she's going to get... Yeah, hurt. two seconds later, you're all right. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it's like that Askren knockout. Like we uh, a week. Oh no, he was out. <laughs> yeah, he was out from the knee. Like he was. Yeah. he was like stunned, and it's like <laughs> the ref. Like 
He could have stopped it then if he could have made the distance. But it just happened so quick. Yeah, it happened so quick. But like, like that was clean knockout. But it, but then some refs might be like, oh, he might come back. You know, he, he, he could have came back. He, he might still be in it. Nah, his feet were like straight. His hands were like locked out. Like do you think they should have let it keep going though? Or do you think it's all good that they stopped this? Not the Ashcroft fight. fight. <laughs> no, this one. I, th- I think the Ashcroft fight should have been left to go a bit longer. <laughs> the, the girls, the girls. Um, I, again, I, I, I always support the rest decision. I, like, I, I, I believe they're they're doing they're doing what they think's best at the time they have a they have a heavy heavy responsibility with a lot of pressure and uh, i support the decision and this is coming from someone who feels a little salty from it like a, an early stoppage like in my own career you know because i like when when i got dropped by thompson i felt i could have kept fighting but the ref stopped it and i was a little salty afterwards thinking oh you know i could have kept fighting but then I shouldn't have let it get that far anyway. It was, it was a great win for him, and and the rest doing the best job he can. So, I'm I'm supporting the rest decision because it's a hard job to do. And if you and if any of the people that are, are complaining about it, like if you think you can do better, do better. Try. Oh, you could not pay me to do that. Like that is such a, a hard job. That is such a heavy responsibility. Like, because it's people's careers, it's people's livelihood. Yeah. Like it's the fans and the backlash of like the fans. The fans' emotions on social media, which will like impact the decision making for the company you work for, like, and I've seen that, and that's another thing. Like, the, the pressure's twice fold because, especially in like the UFC, I've seen it happen before. We all have, when the fans get hugely upset about an early stoppage uh, or not early stoppage, the, the social media backlash starts to play on the the, the upper like um roles and jobs of the company and then they start like your own company turns on you yeah and starts hammering you as well so yeah it's it's such a hard job i think he did his best and that's that yeah. what do you think alex i uh, i'm with rob i think the punch was perfect as could be the right hand and you know they uh, definitely there is a case for early stoppage but you gotta be there you know when you listen the sound of the punch and the girl going down and honestly you know I mean, who knows if he let it go maybe it would be another three or four points on the head so i don't know i think it looks like an early stoppage but i'm I, i'm i'm with rob i guess you know and i actually say that to the guys who compete jiu-jitsu a lot say look one of the ways to lose a match is from a referee bad decision so you know just suck it in let's go and, you know like it's the way you lost yeah, that's another thing it's like <clears throat> Like from my fight with Stephen Thompson, the the problem wasn't the stoppage. The problem was me getting caught and getting dropped. And it's the same thing I think with the women's fight. It's like the problem wasn't the stoppage. It's not like you plan to take a big shot, get hurt, and then get back up from it. No, you you plan not to get hit. The hit landed. It was clean. It was crisp. It is what it is. The rest is history. The decision. Anyone, made. anyone complain about a uh, early stoppage from um, from um, your uh, Faber Faber's fight? I, I didn't hear anything about it, but that's what I was going to say. Like, what, what, what do you think of that fight? I, I think you know what the one I think that the referee came on because he, he he clocked him with an overhand right, yeah, if I'm yeah. not wrong, and then he was going to keep punching, but the referee came on the middle, mm. and that one or two seconds, the referee was in front of him, let 
the guy get start to get back up because it's, it's, it's quick man you know like you get out you go out like two or three seconds after you up again so 100%, that's, that's make hard as well the decision of stop a fight that's kind of how i was um explaining like trying to say before it's like you don't know what the facial expressions are or the eyes especially the eyes were like when he got hit and got dropped and yeah, your hurt. eyes gone yeah because we, we've seen inspiring sometimes like you take a decent shot like the guy you you can see he's hurt like he's hurt you know if you see that on the ground and you give someone free reign someone experienced like your eye favor like free reign to just beat on him he's just going to get hurt he's going to take much more head trauma than than necessary and let's let's remember let us remember that the referees are in there for the safety of the fighters not for the entertainment of the crowd yeah <laughs> that's, his, that's his main duty yeah the safety of like the fighters. the safety of the fighters they're not if it wasn't that way there would be no referee and we'd just go health for leather until one of us dies and, and the the reality is you can't even really ask the fighters because a lot of the fighters are going to say i'd rather you kept it going till it went out yeah do you know what i mean but that's yeah, the referee is there to protect the fighters from themselves in a way as well you know and especially from themselves and you know that that what you just said that's that's crazy because um how you said that, like the fighters would say just let me go out i would like to think i'm pretty i'm pretty switched on when it comes to brain trauma and how how the shots and the impact of the brain really does do damage and can hurt you and stunt you and lead to much further complications in life but I would still say, let me die out there, then pull it early. Just because that's who I am. I can't quit. No, I, no. I, I and I, I guess that, that's 100% right. But you can't. That's why you have to have people in there to, to protect them. 100%. Because that, the uh, Simon or Simon, the guy that Simon. fought, fought um, Uriah Faber, I'm sure he wasn't going to quit. No. I'm yeah, sure but, but, Aspen Ladd wasn't going to quit. Yeah. But you, you, someone has to get in there and go, no, well, this isn't that. But answer your question, I think that was not a early stop. That was a good stoppage. Mm -hmm. Both fights? The, the, the Fable one. Another one, I think there was a case, but I'm with Rob. Like, I don't like to, you know, like, say anything about the referee's job because I think it's a very, very high job and it's a, it's a, it's a quick decision he made. And, you know, like... And Asper and Lola, what do you think about that? Yeah. In that scenario. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. All right, that was like, you know, I don't want to put myself in controversy here, but I think if you asking was not going to let go of the choke that's what i think you know like the referee stopped it but like he was going to stop to squeeze now he would keep squeezing so but you know but you know something here a choke is something that i think the referee is easier for the referee to let it go mm. a choke than you know someone getting hit on the face if that makes sense yeah but but uh, in the position he was in and he kind of went limp. You see him go limp for a sec. Yeah. How, how long do you let him keep choking yeah, yeah, for? That's the thing, you know, I mean, I don't want no, to talk you know bad I mean? things. It's, a, it's a, such a high job. But I'm on the case, like, in a choke, let the, let the guy go out fully. But He's not going to die, you know, if you don't kill people choking. Yeah, no, but, but you, know, he, you know better than anyone. We're going to cut that story off of this. <laughs> <laughs> we are... Um, <laughs> We, uh, what was I going to say? Well, I'll talk he about that kill one. You once, you know that? No, I know. In Chicago? I, know. I, want to hear this, I want to hear the story out. Please. No, no. Before we get to that, any, any stories? You can make a court case out of it. It's registered. <laughs> um, Askren, 
Askren though, uh, Robbie kind of went or looked like he went limp. That that I th- I believe that as well. I like I don't I don't care if you were good, if you look like you're out, you're out. And so if you kind of went limp, how long? How much longer? I'm saying to you, would you would, is it okay to keep choking someone? <laughs> At least, at least, just, at, least, at, least good, telling, yeah. at least a good four seconds, I think. Just for good measure. A good, a good four seconds. Maybe, yeah, because Askren would keep squeezing. For at least a good four seconds. Yeah, yeah that's the thing, you know, man, to, to finish this conversation, like, I don't think he would top, stop to squeeze. And that's my whole because point. It was a good stoppage. You, you know, a choke that was left on longer than it needed to be was the Machida. When John Jones had that that choke, the the standing gear thing. That was a brutal one, eh? Yeah, you remember that? Like and machine- he opened on the social media that he let that guy go. Remember that? Yeah. Just let he go. Like he choked him. Yeah, but like the rest of it is stop it. I don't think. Like, but like the choke was so on, and then he went out. And that was a good four seconds. Yeah, but yeah. what about if the guy was faking? That he was getting out. No, he was. Dead. That was fat thing. <laughs> he thought I was fake. He says, no, "Okay, okay, we bring it up, please, please tell us the story." It's a, he has to tell the no, story. No, it's no, his no, story. No, 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 no. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was rolling. There's a guy who teaches at UFC Bankstown Gym now. He teaches a grappling there. UFC Bankstown. His name's Gordian Stojewski. Um, he's pretty sure he's like a convicted war criminal. <laughs> he once we were rolling. And, and he doesn't roll like a normal person. He doesn't roll like a normal person. He rolls like you broke into his house at 3 a.m. every time. And he got me in a head arm choke and I, I wasn't going to get out of it. And it was my, my arm was across me like this. And I, I looked at it and I could see his crazy eyes looking at me like this. And, you know, he squeezed, he squeezed me so hard, he went out. <laughs> that's a true story. That's, that's a true story of Gurdjian. Um the, the other stories, they're not my stories. They're Alex's no, stories. No, no, and him is not hard to believe, right? That Guya choking himself. No, he, I can believe it. He choked himself. <laughs> I can trying to it. choke no, me. No, t- tell us the story. Tell us the story in Chicago, pal. It's not my story to tell, mate. Me? It's not my story to tell. What do you mean? It's not my story. How is it? It's oh, just... Alex, please, enlighten us. Uh... <laughs> So it's it's not it's not my story. I can't tell right. that story about. I can't tell the story. If Alex wants to tell the story, no, so with, uh, myself and Feb, we train there, and as usual, we train quite. You know, like we don't train light. Myself and Feb. I mean, even he been ten years younger than me. He he, he always comes to a to a, a hard match, and I think he nearly got me in a, one of the dice chokes. He he. He liked to have, you know, the ones in neck crank you and he kills you. <laughs> yeah. And somehow I somersault out of it. Like I put up effort to get out and I got out. Then he, we trained and he got me again. And then, you know, he, I start to went out and I start to, to shake. And, you know, when you go out <laughs> and he thought I was, <laughs> I was, I was trying to do something to get out and he keeps squeezing me a bit, you know, for, I don't know how many was this. He said, why you didn't let me go? He said, nah, I told you, you're shaking to get out. That's why he told you. <laughs> it, it, I, I, it was a, the Schultz choke. The Schultz, the Schultz choke, like, yeah. from a, like one, um, what's that guy's name? The guy from... Sergio shows these as well. Yeah, no, no, but I, the, oh my God. The guy that got, uh, Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes got Matt a, Hughes got Almeida. Yeah, anyways, it, it's, it's like a front headlock choke mm. and I, I i i had it 
And I could feel Alex shaking, but like shaking, shaking, trying to get off. And I thought in my head, I was like, nah, but anyone that knows him, fuck him, fuck him. And, and so I had it and I was like, you know what? You're not getting out of this. <laughs> and I fucking squeezed. And then like he was shaking, shaking, shaking. And I thought this guy's... Mate, people start in your mouth because we're in another... Yeah, we're at Daniel Vienna's gym. Daniel Vienna's gym, everybody looking to us, fuck, these guys are crazy. <laughs> They're trying to kill each other. And, and, and for, the, for the record here, we train with a lot of guys and we're very polite, train with everybody. It was just me and Fab, you know, like when we train with each other, we, I don't know what I did wrong for him there. <laughs> <laughs> and when, when I let him go, he, his eyes were open and he was foaming, like he's going <laughs> like that. And I thought, honestly thought I killed him. I was like, fuck, I killed him. <laughs> You needed it. Was yeah. that before or after you let us let go of the choke? Now after I let go of the choke, because his eyes were open and he's like foaming. Still holding. But I don't feel bad. I, I don't, because he doesn't care. He doesn't okay. give a fuck. If he doesn't care how much he hurts me or anyone else. So I don't feel oh, bad. That's just game either. Well. I, I don't feel bad at all. That's the game. Um do right, you want to do some QA? Yes. I, I know there was a lot of interest in the QA from yesterday. Um, sorry to everyone that tried to tune in on the, the Twitch stream last night as well. I didn't realize that ESO had had maintenance and was down for the night. So, all right, I'm going to go first. Then, so I'll, I'll read. I'm going to read. Why do you think you, Dave? Can you go down, please, with the thing? Fab is a psychopath confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> so it says he. No, 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 no. There was one. Okay. There was, anyway, why do you think guillotines are so hard to secure in MMA? It seems you see really. You often see fighters put themselves in bad positions going for them, i.e. Woodley versus Stephen Thompson. Can we take the, can we minimize the screen? So what do you, what do you think, Alex? So, sorry, I, I, so it says, why do you think guillotines are hard to secure in MMA? Or do you think they are? Should I think, you know, depends who is the guy. Some guys guillotine is how they think. So I don't know. I don't think they are hard to secure. And, I don't know. I think it's a risk submission. That's what I think. You know, especially you change top position for go for a guillotine. I think guillotine gotta be your thing. You know, like oh, of course, it depends the timing of the fight. If it's the end of the round or something, but something that I'm not very keen of. You know, like if you're gonna end up on the bottom, if you're gonna end up on the bottom, because that's why you that's why you gamble there. Mm -hmm. Submission or, or end up on the bottom. So. I think any submissions had to secure in MMA. Any submissions had to secure. Why? Because they're all tough athletic guys, you know, like they know, you know, the timing as well. The, the, the and I think there's other, the there's, there's other factors like your, your, your punching, so your arms are fatigued, you, yeah. you've been hit, you've might have caught body shots. Is a you sweat. Yeah, and another thing is sometimes you don't want to, there's a fine line there. Maybe you get a guillotine first round and you blow your arms on the first round trying to, to squeeze the guillotine when you go up to punch again you know it's going to be hard you're going to be slow with your arms so there's all those, those those factors you know to to consider but say that jacob has a great guillotine yeah you know yeah. like i would not mind him then something that i work like we, we work a lot with him it is retreat from the guillotine if it's not on position again and it's something that he i, I like to believe he does quite well so you know i think I don't know if I answered the question, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I very, I very much agree with everything Alex just said. But um, I think one more factor 
in regards to like the gear team, um, is that I feel, I feel that sometimes the gear team choke is kind of like a Hail Mary. I feel like you are super tired and the guy shoots on you and you, you might be losing or the idea of defending the takedown just seems too, like too much work or too hard and you go for that easy. And it's not your actual move. Yeah. It's, it's not like Nate Diaz or Damian yeah, Meyer putting the guillotine. You don't pop guillotines on everyone. Yeah. Like you, you're like, maybe I can get a win here, like an easier win. You know, I don't know. It's just like the, I feel like it's the easier of the two options. It's like stuff to take down, work like hard. You, you don't have enough energy to stuff to take down no more. Yeah. And, and you're like, I'm losing or I'm not. I'm so tired. I don't want to stuff this takedown. I don't want to war wrestle. Like, and obviously, you're not consciously thinking of all these things, but they're, they're playing out in your head at light speed. And you're like, I'll just go for it. I'll just go for it. And I know a lot of guys, like, especially, it's, it, it's especially prevalent in, like, the, the amateur scene and the early, early uh, MMA career. Like, everyone's like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. And I think, I think, honestly, I think the guillotine is notorious for just being that Hail Mary, hoping you can get it and, and getting that win that way. Okay. Know? Dave, what's, what's, we got another question. Masvidal vs. Usman, what do you think? Great fight. Who you got in that fight? Well, hard fight to pick someone. I don't like to bet against Masvidal. I'm kind of a fan of him. And you, Rob? Masvidal and Usman? Yeah. I don't know. I thought Askren would do better. <laughs> I didn't get to see a lot of Askren. But... I know, to, to his defense. Um, but, uh, but Usman doesn't grapple. He's not the same kind of grappler, not the same kind of wrestler as that. Yeah, but Usman has like the cardio and spam ability to just, just keep shooting. So does Askren. No, yeah, but I mean like... But... The difference is like Ashkin does the same entrance every single fight, every single fight, every single fight. Um, and if if that knee didn't connect, then we may have seen a very different fight. You know, I, I think I'm not like I think Masvidal has all the tools to win, but I think Usman will be a hard test because Masvidal has been taken down before. Gun to your head, who do you think? Hmm? Gun to your head, who do you think? If probably if if Usman rocks up like he did with Woodley, probably Usman. To spam shots five rounds like the way he did. And, I, I just and, don't. Masvidal's been taken down. Yeah, but he's never been. Oh, he's been submitted. He's been yeah, back in the you in lose day. fights by getting taken down. Hmm? You lose fights by getting taken down. Yeah, I, I, and even if you get back up, Usman has the cardio to keep firing over five rounds with the. With, he, no, no, no. He did that. I know, I know, I know. But what I was going to say to you was over five rounds. Masvidal's striking is very crisp. Yeah, he is. Very, very, very crisp. And he is a good wrestler. He's very dynamic yeah. with striking too. And, he's, and his jiu-jitsu is good too. Like Damian Meyer had him down and couldn't. He got back up from Damian Meyer. He, you know what I mean? Like, So I don't know. That would be a very interesting a big fight. fight. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a, I like Usman a lot, but I'm a big fan of Masvidal. I've always been a big fan of Masvidal's. Uh, what else have we got? Can we go down a little bit, Dave? Um, Maximize the screen. Rob, did you play any sports growing up? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I grew up doing karate 
and uh, playing uh, rugby league. Rugby league. What level did, rugby league did you play? Park. Which position you played again? Started in the centers. I would say. And so. then um, then ended up moving into like a, a lock position by the end. Like I, I think I, I got up to like some development squads and stuff like SG and stuff like that, but I never really made it. Um, mm, did a couple seasons of Oztag. Oztag. Mixed D's. Mixed D's Oztag. I was like a god amongst those people. That's like gladiator school. <laughs> I was like, I was like a god. You don't like, mix these. No, you don't. No. No, no, no. So there's there's four divisions: A, B, C, D. D's the lowest, the lowest, right? And he played mixed D's, mixed, so men and women. Fourth division. Did yep. you cover it up? Mate, I was like a god. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was a leaf in the wind. Like no one could come near me, and the pace I would set, unbelievable. And you just crushed them with your killer cardio, eh? <laughs> Mate, the agility I had was just ridiculous. But you know what's funny? Like, was the the amount of like old dudes that are playing that game in mixed D's and trying to start fights. I, I was going to say to you, it's is it how prevalent is that? <laughs> I played in AFC, you know, the, like um, AF, the same thing as Oztag, but for AFL. Yeah. I played then, it was mixed comp. This is a few years ago. And people were starting fights. <laughs> I swear to God, and, and I, I remember this clearly, and anyone who played with me on that team will remember. The, I was running the ball in AFL, and I, I had the right build for AFL, so I was enjoying it. And a guy, we had tags. And a big fat guy, you know who you are if you're listening, <laughs> big fat degenerate tackled me. Like Ted said, tackled me. And I got up and I said, oh, What are you doing? And he goes, Mila, oh, if you can't handle this, you don't don't play. And I was like, dude, it's fucking mixed tag. What are you what are you doing? Wrong game. Mate, it was like it was Yeah, yeah no. There's heaps of them, but they're everywhere. And like a dude would make a break. And you'd, you'd lunge and, and, and go for the tag as hard as you could. And maybe there was a little slap involved. Like, it happens. You're swinging for tags. Like, it happens. And the dude was staunch all the time. Like, big time, big time. And you know what's worse? In, in, like, in mixed, is like sometimes it's a guy and his wife. So you tag, you tag his wife, but accidentally slap too hard, and he cheats up. And you're like, you're playing mixed tag with your wife, dude. Like... Like, chill yourself. Oh, man. What's the next one? Um, what do we got? Rob, do you find it difficult coming from Australia in terms of gaining more of an international presence? Uh, um, That's a good question. That's a very good question. That's an excellent question, mate. I think, um, you know, a little bit. A little bit. Because the, like, oh, for, for, for the obvious reasons, one, I'm, I'm in Australia. And um, the the time difference uh, differences are different, as well as like I think there are, there's some cultural and social um, differences that that make translating a little bit hard, especially when you're when the distance is honestly like a twenty hour flight. Like that's that, that's that's a big difference. Um, and I think a second one is like it's hard for me to have a presence in the U.S. without being in the U.S going to US events, showing my face on US stuff in US hours. Like it's hard. Time. I think it's hard for you in particular to do that with with a family as well, with kids. Like it's not like you can just stay an extra week 
yeah. you know what I mean? And miss you apart from missing training, but also staying the extra week, not not seeing you know kids and whatnot. So it's so that makes it a little bit yeah, difficult it, as well. It, it is hard. It is hard. You know, um, it is hard. Um, it was a good win for Jacob. What were your thoughts on Wollongong Wars 7? So Wollongong Wars 7 was a local sh show run by um, Alex Volkanovsky's coach, uh, Joe Lopez. And, uh, snake Pit. In the Snake Pit. And Jacob the Mamba, Malcoon. He thought that name up by himself. Fitting name for the snake pit. Very, very good fight. He actually fought a very good fighter from uh, Tiger Muay Thai, who's very, very experienced. Uh, Belgian went to the Olympics for judo. Um, he's had something like 14 fights or something. Uh, Jacob, that was his third professional fight going in. Um, he's about to have his third professional boxing fight as well. And um, I don't know, Alex, what, what do you think of that? Jake or, or Jacob's about fight the show, and, and about the whole Jacob. show. The whole show was the venue. I thought it was a, was a nice venue, like big venue. And Jacob was um, like perfect performance. I, I, I would I would put it like perfect. Everything he with training he did. Of course he could do better, but I, I think that's gonna come with experience. And I think he, he he's not sure about how much energy he can expand yet. He doesn't know exactly how much. You know, like he can let it go before he start to guess it or that. I think that's the fine, and it is a fine line. But a part of it, I think, it was like outstanding, outstanding performance. He controlled the whole fight and got the stoppage. Yeah, opponent get got the stoppage. Perfect. I don't, I don't think he could have done any better. I think you don't think he's that good. <laughs> no, that's it for Jacob. <laughs> yeah, that's his ceiling. It's pulling on balls. No. I don't think he could have done anything better because that's where his amount of experience capped him out at. I think he did everything that combined with the amount of experience he has allowed him to do it. You know, I think the only way he could have done anything differently is if he had had more experience, which he couldn't have had without having, without having more experience. Very good. Very philosophical. Very, very philosophical. How you guys saw the fight? Because I remember on the, on the before the third round, he Jacob asked me, I won the second one. I said, mate, you, I won the two rounds. He said, mate, clear. You won the two rounds. Mm. Say, are you sure? He asked me. So how you guys saw this? Like was Because for me, it was clear as crystal that he was controlling the whole fight, winning the the. the that he won the first and the second round? I thought he won both rounds. I thought the first one was closer than the second. Hmm. I, I thought... See, I didn't think the first round was that close either. I thought Jacob won both rounds 10-9. Like, I didn't... Clear, see, like, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I, I didn't see the, the first round I, that, clear, I, well, yeah, that close. Well, like I said, I said he won both rounds, yeah. but I thought the first was closer than the second. But I, No, no, but like, that's what I'm saying. I, I didn't think that I did it. I, I thought the first round he won it comfortably um and the second one just just the same but see jacob thought that he lost the second he, he no no I, he that, asked me, that he i won this round as well because i told him you won this round and the second round said you want both rounds mate say are you sure i see i'm 100 percent sure yeah i i i don't know i i the whole time the the only thing was obviously it's a fight and i was worried the guy might land something or might land a big right hand mm. or something but other other than that i thought jacob was controlling it mm. and i was impressed because the other guy was good like he was done all the way yeah what's next there um so how do you find new techniques to incorporate into your fighting game what's that all of this 
Yeah, um, fab, fab. How, how do we find new techniques for Rob? Yeah. Well, Alex. So how do we? How do you find new techniques for I Rob? Just, I, I guess you know, like I could come up with a pretty answer, but just, we just training. That's what we do. You train and you evolve. That's what you do. And of course, you know, when it comes fighting time, Fab is very good at watching videos and analyze and come with little details that I don't even worry too much because I know he'll, he'll watch hours and hours of of videos and you know, fights of the opponents. But, you know, bottom line is, man, you need to you need to train. You need to know how to grapple. You need to know how to just train. Well, but, uh, when there's no fight lined up, we, we do experiment with new stuff. We, we just we just sit in, in the syllabus. I think the, the, there's a... There's a few things. So the, the first one is uh, there's a lot of specific competitions. So Rob does wrestling competitions, jiu-jitsu competitions, and that in and of itself makes you like, because the jiu-jitsu guys, like Alex said, they're training and doing jiu-jitsu and they're constantly evolving. And it's very hard for someone like Rob that isn't focusing entirely on jiu-jitsu to be up to date with all the jiu-jitsu techniques. So because that, that's constantly evolving. So when he goes and competes in that particular field, it forces you to have that that um, level of improvement and evolution. And same as with the wrestling, he'll go and wrestle in wrestling comps and the wrestlers are always on top of their game too and always competing at their upper upper echelons of, of their sport. And so you're trying hard as you can to, to bridge that gap. And also lucky enough to be able to box and kickbox with some very high level strikers. Uh, Jaya Patia, who's now by far the best cruiserweight in Australia, and one of the will be one of the better guys in the world for sure. Uh, Rob gets to box with him as well. So trying to just keep up to date with with them creates an evolutionary process. And also, I think um, as you prepare for each fight, each each fighter brings a new dynamic, and so that makes you have to evolve as well. So that that's. And then we have, like Alex said, we have Sergio Pena come in, we have Ricardo Laborio come in, we have a whole bunch of different guys come in. Craig Jones was with us for the last camp. So they all bring a wealth of knowledge. And then we have a whole bunch, we have over, I don't know, 250 students and members in the gym. And everyone has their own way of, there might be white belts or blue belts or whatever that have their own way of passing the guard or they're just whatever and you have to evolve with them as well so being on the mats constantly like alex said is probably the the the, the, the short answer and then the more the breakdown is yeah. what i said uh, you, you you made a good point you know in train train the specific uh, uh martial arts is a big thing i think that we do i'm not saying that we do right we that's our way to do like of course there's another ways to prepare to to improve but i think that's something that works for us you know that we do we train a lot of jiu-jitsu we train a lot of wrestling we train a lot of boxing and you can't go wrong what's next Dave? yep um so this is a more in response to you choking out um well really destroying alex in a choke has there been any fights all of you if you ever been in a fight where someone's really pissed you off and you know, what what you normally do in that situation alex does that every fucking day <laughs> he said one story about well, one time I choke him, he doesn't care. He does not care. Like he hurts people more. He has hurt more people than Polly. Oh, so 
it's not it's not like he, he honestly that was he's choked me out a lot more times than i've ever choked him and so if i had killed him i wouldn't have felt bad <laughs> so that i don't feel bad at all rob is there a, someone that you've been fighting halfway through a fight and they've got to you and yeah james van Derakis. james van Derakis. i try to kill him every session That's so it. so so is the question is the question like have, have you gotten has has it gotten out of hand between us um a mix i think i'm still trying it was just more generally if you've been in a fight like how do you stay composed i think that's part of the question as well like where if someone's pressing you and they're shit talking you during the fight have you ever just lost your shit and just went fully at them well in 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 my in my opinion i haven't but i'm i'm, I'm good at that like that's it's kind of i'm good at i'm very i'm very good at like cutting off my emotions and just going cold when I need to fight. Like, this is what I'm good at. You know, but then there's times when I'm not fighting and people get under my skin. Like, my wife. <laughs> Sophia, shout out. <laughs> well, what about you, Alex? That, uh, Tuesday with a postman. I don't fight. <laughs> I don't fight, so I don't know. I can't answer that. But you've had a you, you fought before yeah but man but never don't even remember that yeah. all right what's next Dave? um this is a dietary question so um what do you normally um eat during you know during this training period up to a camp for alex or for, <laughs> for rob <laughs> <laughs> all of you what do you all eat i just try to stay uh, stay clean so i just try to eat clean foods nothing too too deep fried um Give an example. Say, for example, what would you have eaten today? Well, today, I am. Um, me personally, I don't like eating breakfast before a morning session, so I'll just have a coffee and then train. That's just me. And then afterwards. But when you get up, what do you have? Water. Yeah. How much water? Yeah. Uh, so as soon as I wake up, before and from from the point from the moment I wake up to I don't know an hour and a half before the session starts, I try to drink at least two liters of water you got to stay hydrated because i'll lose that easily and then like and then from after that session to the next session it's about drinking as much water as i can to try to get my piss clear before the this the, the next one you know i need to stay hydrated and then after the next session it's the same thing try and, and the food that you have in between and uh so yeah like we today we we went up the street we i ordered like a, a chicken wrap a chicken wrap some sweet potato fries and uh, a green smoothie, you see there, with some coconut water for the electrolytes. And, um, and then after this, I'll go home. I may, I may, uh, I may have another meal. You know, um, it depends what, what what my wife has cooked. But it's usually uh, something to do with rice, maybe some chicken, something like along those lines. And then I'll train again, and then have dinner when I get home. It's usually I, I usually try to stay to the, the the cleaner sort of carbs, so like your rices. Um, yeah, I eat a lot of rice. Rice, rice is pretty good. Um, potato. Like, and then for dinner? It depends, you know. A lot of credit goes to my wife. She's the one that prepares all my meals and stuff. But uh, like, like I'll, I'll have chicken and rice, uh, depending on how close or how how close I am to a fight. Uh, further out, I'll have chicken thigh because it's, it's like the fattier part of the chicken and it's nicer. So I'll have chicken thigh and rice with with greens, or Closer to the fight, I'll have chicken breasts, rice, and greens. Well, that's a pretty standard 
dinner that you whip up pretty quickly. Sounds like a barrel of fun. <laughs> um, Chicken thigh and rice is good. It's okay. <laughs> soy sauce, bit of mayonnaise. There's obviously a lot of questions around Alessania. So this is, uh, um, what did you take away from the face-off with him? Did you learn something new about him? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, a lot of the questions are—it's <laughs> the same sort of stuff. Um, you know, do you see yourself bashing him up and blah blah blah? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was a bit <laughs> obvious. Sad, that one. <laughs> um. <laughs> The other ones are just going at Fab's head. Fab, how often do you polish your head? I surprisingly enough do not polish my head. <laughs> I shave my head every now and then. Now that I don't have, like, unless I've got like some corporate engagement or something, I just fucking go wild. Until when I have a corporate engagement, I shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> shave my head and my face. Maybe, maybe we get started on what everyone's waiting for. What's that? You want me to start the... the yeah, let's do it. Let's do the thing. Let's I want to see it. Alex versus you in Mortal Kombat. No, he, he should, you should verse him for oh, number okay. one contender. Excellent. Let's go. Alex versus Fab, number one contender spot. And I've never played this my whole life. Good. Good. And... Remember, it's still on. Give me some tips. Hey, Alex, Rob tips. doesn't have Just don't let him get in your head. <laughs> Rob doesn't know how to block. He doesn't. No, know, he has no idea how to block. Alex, is there any um, young young guys that you know of coming up in Brazil or the US or anything like that? Any other guys that you, you that you, you might know or someone that to, to keep your eye on? In what MMA? MMA or Jiu Jitsu? Nah, not not really. Not really. A bit out of the scene, especially the Jiu Jitsu scene. I know that some guys doing well in um. They're training for a friend of mine in Brazil, but they are already well-established, well-known guys at the moment. If, if you made me this question a year or two ago, I would throw their names, but not, not at the moment. Who was that? Who are you talking about? Uh, I talk about uh, Mario Hayes. Okay. a good friend of mine who studied Jiu-Jitsu with me, and um, he has some, he has some, a bunch of good athletes that have been winning everything, like world championships and that. Okay. How do you and we have, of course, uh, Eduardo Pena. Yeah, I was going to say. Sergio, Sergio, uh, Sergio uh, San, that's doing very well in, in college the wrestling at the moment. He's been thinking and talking about maybe migrate to MMA. So, well, no, he, I, I was speaking to him about a week ago, and Duda was saying he's about to have his first amateur fight. Ah, there we go. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, about Duda being uh, a purple belt? Is he a purple belt? Oh, oh, wow. Oh, these are brown book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About time, mate. The sandbagger. Uh, uh, yeah, I sold you. He's still, he's still playing. If he thinks yeah. he's brown. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a... I think Sergio was going to. Uh, was Sergio's coach Osvaldo Alves was? Uh, it is well known for skip the brown belt. Okay. Actually, that happens with Sergio. He went to from purple to black. Okay. So I told you know that Sergio was preparing to do that with Duda, which. No. I'm not saying telling Sergio what to do him by any means, but that would 
that would be okay for Duda to be straight to black belt, in my opinion. I think so. I think it's, it's, he's been a black belt for Maybe a while. Maybe black belt, two degrees straight. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Something like that. He's going to be he's going to be very very good in um. He's unreal. Um, you think? Uh, what do you think of Duda for MMA, Sergio Pena son? Oh well, there's obviously a lot of factors that that, that go into MMA, and like, and we we won't know until he hops in there and, and has a go. But, um, you know, if I were to make like an assumption now, I think it'd be great. His wrestling is top caliber. His grappling is top caliber. I, I went, I went into, so I, when I was in Vegas last week, I went to Sergio Pena's school and, and grappled Duda and he killed me, killed me. Constantly. He's a little guy too. He's tiny. He's like, he's no, surely he's not fully grown. He's like 60 kilos yeah. and I'm close to a hundred and he was all over me. Like it was, yeah, it wasn't. Do you bad. think he's good or you're bad? I think a healthy, healthy combination <laughs> of the both, of the two. Now he's super good, eh? Super good. Here we go. All right. Here we go. The moment everybody's been waiting for. So there you go, coach. What, what I do? You pick a character. That's your fact. I'm the blue one. Yeah, you're. <coughs> so you pick one. Pick, pick a character. Oh, this guy. What do you think? Yeah, this is a good one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Pick that one. <laughs> Get my neck ready, mate. This ready. is for the number one contender. This is for the number one contender. Ready, Alex? I'm not, but let's go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a... <laughs> oh, have, you been, have you been practicing, dude? No. Oh! <laughs> One more. There could be two more. Depends if he wins. Come on, man. Oh, mate, I don't muck around, buddy. Anyone that knows Alex is cheering against him right now, I can tell you right now. Look, he knows how to block, this guy. How do you block? What about his block? Alex knows how to block, mate. He knows the basics. Look at this, look at this. He's blocking. I didn't know blocking was a thing. His combat instincts are better than yours, Rob. <laughs> no, but seriously, what button block? <laughs> I will throw this thing, Fred. Uh, you, you can't. I'll show you, show you. You don't, Look, you can't. Just, just stand that. still for a sec. Stand now, you got to stand up for it. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I better not stand here. I won, I won. You're next, bro. No, don't worry. I tried to find you as well. Hey, what button was block? You know that's the thing now, like on my Twitch yeah. and everything, everyone's just like, how do you block? Hey Rob, how do you block? That's all I hear now. Alright. Let's go Rob. The rematch everybody's been waiting for. Alright. He's been training. What button is block button? No idea. I'll show you. The stand still for a sec? <laughs> Please hold. I'm the I'm the blue one. No! Block your fa Sub Zero wins. Oh, I think my controller's broken. And still. I think my controller's broken. Yeah, it must be.
Harry's been training for sure. Oh, it's still not the best, not the best. Gracias, mamá y papá, por todo. Thank you. I'd like to thank everyone. Thank you, guys. Guys, thank you for tuning in to hey, Grange TV. My controller is broken. Um, from your champion, Fabrizio Adair, undisputed and undefeated. You saw it here, guys. Thank you very much. Tune in next time, guys. Follow Alex Prates on Instagram. He loves it. You're about 8 million followers. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys.